want to say welcome and happy Easter to all of the friends and the families that represent Red Rocks Church. We're so glad to be spending Easter with you. So glad that you're joining with us. I want to say this. If you're watching with us right now, would you just take a moment and invite somebody to church with you? Because here's the fact of the matter, it's never been easier in the history of the world to invite somebody to join you for Easter. So take a minute right now and invite somebody to join you. Also, if you're joining with us on one of our church online platforms, I wanna encourage you, jump into the comments section. Tell us where you're watching from. We also have dozens of pastors that are joining with us right now on call, waiting to answer any questions that you might have. And also, they wanna pray with you during this time. Because we don't know what's going on in your life at this moment, but we know one thing to be true, that Jesus Christ is the answer for everything that you need, for everything that you lack, for everything that you long for. And so if you're in this place this weekend, watching from rooms around the globe, we want to encourage you to lean in, participate, don't just watch. We believe God's going to do some amazing things in your life right now. Let's pray. God, I just pray for every single person joining with us at homes around the globe. God, I don't know what people are going through in this moment, but Jesus, you are the solution. You are the answer. God, I love what your word says in 2 Corinthians. It says that Jesus Christ was the solution to every promise of God on our behalf. And so this weekend, Jesus, we don't look to a dead teacher that remains in a tomb, but we look to a living and a thriving Savior, someone that is seated at the right hand of God, ruling and reigning. Jesus, you're our peace. You are our hope. You are our shelter in time of need. And so God, this weekend, Jesus Christ, we lift you high around rooms and homes around the globe. We pray all of these things in the precious, powerful, undefeated and resurrected name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said, Amen. Hey, without further ado, welcome to Easter at Red Rocks Church. Come on. Let's go. Let's go. What's up, Red Rocks Church? How you feeling today? You feeling good? Somebody in a living room say, I'm feeling good today. Somebody in a chat room say, I'm feeling good. Somebody on Facebook Live say, I'm feeling good. Hey, if you're sitting with somebody in the house right now and you can say it to where they might actually believe it, tell them, say, you know what? You look good. Tell them, say, you look good. Come on. Anybody excited to be in church today? You excited, Red Rocks Church? Let's say, let's go, let's go, chat room. Say, let's go with about 15 exclamation points after it. Facebook Live, say, let's go. In your living room, clap your hands, make some noise, throw a cushion at somebody and say, let's go. All right. Welcome to Red Rocks Church and happy Easter. Oh, I love you guys. I'm so excited that we get to do church together. Um, I know that right now watching this service is kind of two groups of people. There's one group that you would say, you know what? This is my church. Maybe you normally show up in one of the buildings or maybe you just normally tune in online and you'd be like, yeah, that, that's my church family. To you, I wanna remind you, we've been saying this from the jump, but I wanna remind you, the church is not a building. 
The church is a people. See, sometimes churches have buildings. Buildings never have church. You see what I'm saying? The church is on its own. A church can have a building. A church might not have a building. The church is never a building. It's always a people. And we are the church. And in thousands of locations around the world right now, we are being the church. Jesus is the focus. His presence is with us. It's going to be a great day. Tell somebody it's going to be a great day. Amen. God, we thank you that as a church family, we get to have church today in locations all around the world. We thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you that he died on a cross to pay the price for our sins in a way that we could never earn or deserve. We thank you that today, if we choose, we can put our faith in him and our entire eternal lives get changed all because of your grace, all because of your love. We're so grateful and we're so grateful that you brought him up out of the grave on the third day just to prove he was exactly who he said he was, the one and only son of the one and only God and the one and only way to heaven. And I thank you that as a church family, we can celebrate that today in Jesus' name and everybody at every location said, amen, let's go. So some of you would say, this is my church family, and I just want you to be reminded, oh, we're having church, and God is on the move, and we don't need buildings. He's just proven that to us this month, hasn't he? He doesn't need church buildings to be on the move. In fact, church, we shouldn't even be panicked. We're just going back to our roots. Like, read Acts. This is what we do. We have church in homes, and the presence of Jesus changes lives, and it goes global. God's not phased one bit. We're just going back to our roots for a minute, having church in homes. But, but church, God is on the move. Get this. In the last three weeks, with no buildings, 217,000 screens have tuned in to watch a Red Rocks church service. Now, we can't count people. We can only count screens, right? So there might be some of you are watching one screen with five people right now. So what we know is there's probably somewhere between three and four or five. We don't know. Hundreds of thousands of people have tuned in to join us for church, and we don't even have buildings. God is on the move. And as, as, as much as I like to celebrate that, if you know me, this is what I really want to celebrate. And I'm asking you to make some noise in a chat room. I'm asking you to make some noise in a living room. Listen to this, church. In three weeks... 953 people have said, I want to put my faith in Jesus Christ for the very first time. I'm telling you, church, God is on the move. The kingdom of heaven is growing. Heaven is getting more crowded. And that's what we're all about. Somebody say amen one more time. And we, we feel Pentecostal today, don't we? A lot of amens in the house. I know there's another group of you. You're watching this service and you're like, you guys are already sort of like, whoa, little loud, little in your face. Take it down a notch. You would say, this is not my church family. I'm just checking it out. And I just want you to know, I'm so glad. We are all so glad that you're just checking it out. If we get buildings back someday and you live close to one, we would love to have you come join us. But if all you ever do is join us online, we want you to know that you are every bit as much a part of this church family as people who have sat in these buildings in the past. 
I want you to know, and I, I hope you can sense this through whatever piece of technology you're receiving this message right now. I hope you can sense this. We want you to know from the bottom of our hearts, man, we are just imperfect people pursuing a perfect God. We're all broken. We're just broken differently. And, and, and I'm broken. You're broken. And what we want you to know is no matter what you've been through, no matter what has happened in your life, no matter what anyone's ever done to you or said about you, no matter what you might even be thinking about yourself right now, we want you to know from the bottom of our hearts, you are going to be in this family. You're going to be loved and valued and accepted and welcomed. And let me tell you, your God right now loves you and values you and welcomes you and accepts you just the way you are. He wants to speak to you today. And I'm so glad you're joining us. I think you're joining us for a reason and for a purpose. And I'm so glad you're here. So welcome home. And one more time, happy Easter. Happy Easter, Red Rocks Church. He's risen. What do you say at home after that? He's risen indeed, something like that. I didn't grow up in church, so I always get those things wrong. The very first Easter Sunday morning went down like this. Matthew 28, 1. Oh, I'm out of breath. More cardio. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. We could do teaching series, many of them, off of that one verse. I'm telling you, there is so much in that one verse. And we're going to talk about Mary Magdalene. And I feel I, I, I have been so inspired by the life of this Mary Magdalene this week, but I've also started to feel really bad for the other Mary. You know what I'm saying? Because for like, I don't know what that's done to her psyche. I don't know how many times she sat in a counselor's office and been like, do you know how many years after years after years after years, all they call me is the other Mary, <laughs> always a bridesmaid, never a bride. For whatever reason, God wanted us to know that Mary Magdalene's there. And just between you, me and the wall, the other Mary's there too. All right. So we got these, these two girls and they're going to the tomb. But, but the second I started jumping into this Easter story, it just hit me. The fact that Mary Magdalene is at the forefront of this story is a gigantic reminder to every single one of us. This stuff with Jesus, this is for everybody. This is not just for the religious or those who think they're religious or those who have spent enough time in church or those who know the right verses or those who spend enough time doing the prayers and saying all the spirit. No, this is for everybody. And I want you to know that if you're joining with us today, what we're talking about is for you, is for me, is for everybody. If you know a little bit about history, you'll know that in the first century, women were, were really pushed down. They were not valued. They were not respected. They were not trusted. You wouldn't even listen to a woman's testimony in court because she just couldn't be trusted. Women were pushed down. They could never do something like be a part of ministry, right? And I just love that God goes, oh, I'll show you how valued women are, my creation. I'll show you how respected and trustworthy and valued they should be. I'm going to start a global movement that's going to go around the world. And billions of people now today say they believe in this re resurrected Jesus Christ. And I'm going to start the whole movement on the testimony of a woman. Come on, girl power somewhere on a woman named Mary Magdalene. But Mary wasn't just sort of the last person that you'd expect to be at the forefront of this global movement because she was a woman. She was also like she had a rough past. Many theologians believe 
that Mary was a prostitute before she met Jesus. And in this very religious society, she would already be lower class citizen just because she was a woman. But now because she's probably a prostitute, she's the lowest of the lows. And if that's not enough, Dr. Luke tells us a little bit more about what Mary was like when she met Jesus. Luke 8, 2 says this. He's talking about the followers of Jesus. And he said, and also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary called Magdalene from whom seven demons had come out. How jacked up are you if you have seven demons? If you're walking around town and you have a demon living in you, like you're the scariest person I've ever met. You are a mess. How messed up are you when you have seven? She's a woman who wouldn't be trusted, valued or respected, probably a prostitute and now has seven demons. And Jesus said, perfect. Let's go. I specialize in broken people. Let's go. I'm telling you, the fact that Mary Magdalene is at the forefront of this story is a gigantic reminder to every single one of us. This Jesus stuff is for everybody. Something I learned when I was 24 and a friend brought me to church and I went to church, smoked some cigarettes out on the out on, next to the front door, gave a couple looks at some people. I wanted them to know, how, you know, just where I was at. I went into church with Coke in my pocket. Like I had perfected the art of folding paper into the perfect triangle. So it would hold the cocaine in there. And I had it in my wallet. How jacked up are you that you go into church with drugs? But what I learned that day is this Jesus stuff is for everybody. Even the, even those of us who are the most messed up. And I want to tell you today, you are never too far gone. You are never too far lost for your savior. This Jesus thing is for everybody. And that includes you. Let's read verse one again, because I'm telling you, we could just focus on this one for weeks. After the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. Dr. Luke gives us, he writes the same story, gives us even some more details about these two girls on the way to the tomb. He says this, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. You know why these two ladies were going to a tomb with spices? Because they were expecting to find death. They were going to take care of a dead body. That's why you go to a tomb with spices. The very first Easter morning, these two ladies' worlds had been wrecked, flipped upside down, lost all their hope. All their hope was in Jesus. All their future plans were in Jesus. Everything they stood for was in Jesus. And when he died, these hopes and dreams died with him, and their world has been upside down. Listen, they're living in a world where they would say three months ago, everything made sense. Now, it's like the whole thing's been flipped upside down, and nothing makes sense anymore. And I'm reading this first verse and I'm like, that, that's us. This is us. This is our whole world right now. A few months ago, everything made sense. Now it's like the whole thing just got flipped upside down. And schools aren't the same and sports aren't the same. And 
travel isn't the same and my plans aren't the same and my job's not the same and maybe you've lost your job. Maybe you've lost a loved one. Maybe you know someone who does. Uh, we're all getting this like afraid of what might happen and afraid of how the job might turn out and how the finances might end up and how, how I might not make it through this. And like everything is just sort of flipped upside down, isn't it? And as I've been talking with other pastors around the world, the thing I've noticed that everybody is asking, could you pray for, could you pray for, could you pray for, could you pray for? It's fear. Everybody's afraid. Afraid of what's happening right now. Afraid of getting sick. Afraid of somebody dying. Afraid that I'm not going to be able to make it through because I've already lost my job or somebody's already gotten sick or somebody I love's already passed away or what might happen. It's fear. In fact, I was, I was ending a Zoom call recently with a group of pastors and we were just going to pray. And so everyone went around the horn and was like, what would you like to pray for? And the prayer requests went like this. Would you pray for this couple because they're about to have a baby and they're afraid to go to the hospital because of COVID? The second one was, and I'm not making this up. The second one was, can you pray for this individual because he has a tumor and needs chemotherapy, but they just told him he can't come to the hospital now and start his chemotherapy, which he was supposed to start today for another eight weeks because of COVID. The next one was, can you pray for this couple because they've lost a loved one because of COVID? The next one was, can you pray for this family because they lost a job and they're really scared and they don't know how? It's fear and it's everywhere. And I think God in his perfect, sovereign, just the way he controls us and this world and every aspect of our lives and everything that's going on, I think somehow he went, you know what? They need the message of Easter right now more than ever. Because church, I'm telling you, the message of Easter is he is risen. Do not be afraid. You don't have to be afraid because he's risen. In fact, if you're looking for this later, this message is called he is risen. I'm not afraid. He is risen. I'm not afraid. Let's keep reading. We're going to reread verse one and then we're going to keep going. We're going to read through verse five. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning. You can leave that verse up for a second. I'm going to come back to it. God's just showing off right now. Like You see that, right? Like, the whole world's upside down and everybody's scared to death. And he goes, I'll just show you the ultimate sign of I'm in control. And, and, and dude, angel rolls back the stone in his springtime, all white outfit and just sits up on it. Just like, what's up? God's just, he's just flexing, isn't he? Like, I'm in control. Even when you feel like your world is upside down, he wants us to know I'm in control. Never been in more control. I know you don't understand it, but I'm working. I know you can't see it, but I'm working. I know your situation doesn't smell that way, but I'm in the middle of it and I'm doing miracles behind the scene and I've never been in more control than I am right now. I think I'll sit on this rock. Side note, his appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, the message of Easter, the great big reminder, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. 
He is not here. How am I not supposed to be afraid? My world's been flipped upside down because he has risen. Just as he said, you don't have to be afraid, even though your world feels like it's turned upside down because he is risen. And see, these women would instantly know something that I want us to be reminded of today. They would instantly know if that's true. If he came back from the dead, then he was who he said he was. He did what he said he would. And I can put my entire life in his hands. I can trust him with the whole thing. If he is who he said he was and he did what he said he did, then I can live the way he says I can. I can put my whole life in his hands. I can trust him with everything. They would know that instantly. Well, who, who did he say he was? Because that's important. But see, they would know this. And I want, I want to make sure we're reminded of this. John 14, 6. Excuse me. Here's what Jesus said about who he was. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one gets to go to heaven and be with my father. No one comes to the father except through me. What he said is I'm the one and only son of the one and only God and the one and only way to heaven. That's what he said. But see, on Friday, when he died and Mary Magdalene was there watching, all that went away. All her hopes and dreams and faith died with him on the cross publicly on Friday. Because see, maybe you know this, maybe you don't, but in the first century, it wasn't that uncommon in this part of the world for men to come along every now and then and, and start to tout like, I'm the chosen one. I'm the guy. I'm sent from God. I'm going to rebuild his kingdom. Come follow me. And people would get so filled with hope. Uh, God, this is what I've been hoping for. This is what we've been waiting for. This is what we've been praying for. They'd be so hopeful that they would do. Think about when Jesus called his disciples. Same thing. They would walk away from their families. They would walk away from their jobs. They would walk through all kinds of ridicule. And they would follow this guy, hoping he is who he said he was. And sometimes they would get huge groups of people to follow him. You know when every single one of those movements ended? When the guy died. Because dead rabbis don't change the world. Dead, dead leaders don't forgive sins. Dead rabbis don't grant eternal life. Dead rabbis don't rebuild God's kingdom. Dead rabbis can't change the world. So every time one of these supposed leaders would pass away, the whole group of people would go back to their life, back to their family, back to their jobs with their tails between their legs and total humiliation. Everything I hoped for, gone. Everything I dreamed about, gone. Everything I based my life on, gone. That's how Mary felt. But that morning, that first Easter morning, she realizes, wait a second, if it's true, if the tomb is empty, if Jesus came back to life, he is who he said he is. He really is the one and only son of the one and only God and the one and only way to heaven. And that changes everything. He was who he said he was. And they would know that instantly because he came back to life. They would know instantly he did what he said he would. Now we get it. He was talking crazy all the time about this. We didn't understand. Now we get it. He did what he said he would. He called his shot. If you're a baseball fan, one of the most iconic moments in all of baseball is when Babe Ruth steps up to the plate, I guess batting lefty. He steps up to the plate in the fifth inning of the World Series 
and he calls his shot. He says, I'm going to hit it right there. And then he hits a home run in the World Series after he called his shot. And sports fans around the world were like, this is one of the greatest things we've ever seen. A human being actually said, this is what I'm going to do. And then he did it. It's unbelievable. And I was reading about it this week and I was like, eh, I mean, I don't know if it's in the category of miraculous, right? They were pitching a baseball to him in the strike zone and he had a baseball bat and he practices hitting home runs every day and he's hit, he hits them all the time. So he hit, so I don't, you know, it's not miracle category, but it's pretty cool because he called his shot. But then if you, if you look into it, so there's all this talk about, well, maybe he didn't, maybe he didn't call his shot. Maybe, maybe he was just pointing to the dugout, telling him to shut up because they were giving him a real hard time. Maybe, maybe he had two fingers out like this because he was saying, yo, simmer down. I only got two strikes. I'm still in this. Maybe he didn't call his shot. Maybe, maybe it was a fluke. It was an argument. Well, Jesus called his shot on the resurrection. And I love the fact that he went way out of his way to make sure that none of us get to go. Maybe it was a fluke. Maybe that's not what he meant. I saw in just the book of Matthew this week, four times that Jesus said, I'm going to die, go into a tomb, come up out of the tomb, risen from the dead on the third day, and I'm going to change everything. In fact, he was showing off so much that the fourth time he did it was at the Last Supper, and he even tells the guys, hey, when I come back to life, meet you in Galilee. He tells them where he's going to meet them when he comes back. Listen to this, Matthew 17. This is just one of the four times I read this week. When they came together in Galilee, this is Jesus calling his shot. He said to them, the son of man, which is what he called himself. The son of man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. They will kill him. And on the third day, he will be raised to life. And the disciples were filled with grief, with grief. Excuse me. Jesus called his shot. It's like God wanted us to, to be able to even 2000 years later to know that, yes, when being a Christian, I'm exercising faith, but I'm not walking in or exercising blind faith. My faith has a firm foundation. Understand this. Christianity is unlike anything else. Any other world religion. You go to any other big world religion. Here's what you got to be willing to follow. One guy had a vision saw an angel, talked to God, had a dream. Is there any proof? No, just trust me. You want to talk about needing some faith. That's not what Christianity is. Christianity, the whole thing is not based on one guy saying, trust me. The whole thing is based on this, an event that took place in history that had so much physical evidence and eyewitness testimony that it couldn't be refuted. Go read 1 Corinthians, I think it's chapter 15. Paul's talking about the resurrected Jesus. And this is like a text that uh, apologists or people who like to argue for the case for Christ would say, you just can't, this one's rock solid. You can't get around it. It was written right after Jesus died. And it was passed around to all the first century, all these churches and all these people. And they couldn't refute it. And he says, Jesus was crucified. You guys all saw it. He went to the grave. You guys all saw it. Then he came back to life. And he says this, and you were there, and you were there, and you were there, and you were there. And there was another 500 eyewitnesses. You can go ask them. And nobody could refute it. It has more physical evidence and eyewitness testimony than almost anything in antiquity. Like, it's crazy 
the kind of evidence that we have that Jesus Christ was who he said he was and did what he said he could do. We're exercising faith today, but we are not exercising blind faith, church. Our faith is based on an event in history, and that event was Jesus Christ came up out of the grave. He is risen. We don't have to be afraid. Tell somebody in your living room, I'm not afraid. He is risen. I'm not afraid. Because he is who he said he was, and because he did what he said he would, because he called his shot. And I, I don't know about you, but like, I love hearing about stuff like that. When, when I was when I was new to the faith, just had put my faith in Jesus. Come on, some of you are gonna know what I'm talking about because this doesn't just happen when we're new in the faith. Some of us would be like, that was me last week. Things get crazy and the world feels crazy and everything gets upside down and things aren't working out. And every now and then, every now and then the thought pops in your head and you goes, am, am I just like, am I crazy for believing in Jesus? Am I crazy? Because like I'm following with my life. I'm raising my kids this way. I'm, I'm I'm stewarding my money according to what he said. Like, I'm living my whole, am I crazy to believe this man came out of the grave? Because that's a crazy claim. I want you to know that that claim is substantiated by thousands and thousands of pieces of physical evidence and eyewitness testimony that would stand up in any court on this planet. Our faith is on a firm foundation. And I love that. I love that God gave us that gift because he didn't have to. But these girls knew now he is who he said he was. He did what he said he would. I could trust him with my whole life. It makes John 316 matter. You know, the verse Tim Tebow wrote for God so loved the world. You know, I'm kidding for God. So loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And Romans 1013 says, Say it with me. Who's this for? Who's this for? Everyone. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Those verses matter because Jesus came up out of the grave. Dead rabbis don't forgive sins. Dead rabbis don't grant eternal life, but living ones do. The ones who called their shot and then did what no human could do and appeared to so many eyewitnesses that it couldn't be refuted. And the movement had so much substantial evidence behind it that it went global. That living God, that active God, that God who stepped up out of the grave and defeated death, hell and the grave. He can make these claims. And now this stuff matters. And what it means to you and me is, is no matter what you've been through. I mean, no matter what you've been through, and I don't know for some of you, it's a lot. And no matter what you're in the middle of right now, no matter where your head's at, no matter what kind of doubts you have, listen, he's not looking for you to become perfect. He's not looking for you to change before he welcomes you and loves you and values you and accepts you. Mary Magdalene shows us this. He wants to receive you just as you are. He's a father from Luke 15 that is running to you like this. And he's saying, son, daughter, I've been waiting your whole life for you to come home to your father so that I could love you and forgive you and welcome you and value you, value you and redeem you and restore you and change you. And I'll give you a brand new purpose. My spirit will dwell inside of you. I'll give you heaven forever. That's available to you and I. And it actually holds weight today because the tomb was empty on the first Easter. Somebody makes some noise in a living room. He is risen. We don't have to be afraid because he is 
who he said he was and he did what he said he would. We could trust him with our salvation. That's good news, church. When I gave my life to God, I never thought about working at a church or being a pastor, but I, I was so changed by the power of God in a moment that I remember walking out. I remember being in the parking lot after I experienced God for the first time, and I remember this thought went through my head. I don't know what this means, but I'm going to spend the rest of my life telling people what I just experienced because I'll never be the same. That's what I want for you if you're watching this right now. I promise you that's what your heavenly father wants for you right now, and he loves you so much. Oh, he loves you so much, and he's so proud of you, and he just wants to welcome you home today. Don't miss out on this opportunity. But church, I want you to know that not only can we trust him with our salvation, we can trust him with our lives today in the here and now, because the truth is, after we put our faith in him and his spirit dwells within us, he then sets us out on a new course, gives us a brand new plan, a new calling in our life, doesn't he? Listen to how this verse 11, oh, I'm sorry, that's the wrong verse, Matthew 28, 10. Then Jesus said to them, the message of the resurrection, do not be afraid. Now go, go and tell my brothers, tell them, tell them I meet them in Galilee. They'll know what I mean. There they will see me. These girls come to a tomb expecting death because their lives have been flipped upside down and nothing makes sense anymore. And they have no purpose. They feel like they have no purpose. They feel like they have no calling. They feel like they have no hope. Everything's been stripped away from them. And Jesus said, once you experience me, now I set you on a path. Now I'm telling you to go and trust me. I got a plan and a calling and a purpose on your life that you couldn't have dreamt up on your own. You're about to start a global movement that's going to change the world. Go get them, girls. And he sends them out on this brand new calling. How? How am I supposed to do that, God? I'm not equipped. Life's upside down. I don't know what to do. There's no playbook for this. I've never been through this. I've never done this stuff. He said, here's how. Romans 8, 11. If the spirit of him, that's God, who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Here's what he says. You could trust me with your salvation, but you could trust me with your calling in the here and now, and you can go and you can walk in it even when the world feels upside down, even in the middle of a global pandemic, even when it's caused all sorts of consequences to you and your family and your hopes and your dreams and your thoughts and your plans and your sense of security and everything that's rocked, you can still walk in your calling today unafraid because the same spirit that brought Jesus up out of that grave now lives inside of you and I'm going with you. So you go get him. Yes, you can. That's why this is such good news, church. Yes, you can. And I want to, I want to give you 10 verses and I like to do this. I do this often because I don't want I don't want this to end just because the service ends. I want you to take this topic with you throughout the week. And we're going to put 10 verses up on the screen here in a second. And I want you to, I want you to take a screenshot, turn this into an arsenal this week, start declaring these verses, start praying these verses. You want to get real eager, start memorizing some of these verses, but start claiming them over your life and reminding yourself, this is my reality. Yes, 
My job has changed. People are sick. People are dying. There's a worldwide pandemic. I don't know what's going on. I obviously have some fears about the future, but you know what? His spirit lives in me. He promises that he has a plan for me and I'm more than a conqueror than I ever thought I could be because of it in Jesus name. He says, don't you worry about what you can't control. There's no weapon formed against you. That's going to prosper. I called you. I chose you. I'll empower you. I'm going with you. I'll fight your battles for you. You will be victorious. Yes, you can in Jesus name. Somebody in a living room, say amen. Somebody in a chat room, say amen. Let's start to receive this from God today going, you know what? I'm not going to keep living my life afraid. I'm going to start walking in the confidence and the freedom that comes from my God. And the fact that Jesus Christ came up out of the tomb means I could trust him. Then I can trust him now. Yes, I can. We can live differently because he came out of the tomb church. And listen, it's, it's not, it's not just fancy church talk. When I talk about this stuff, I want you to know I'm trying my best to like, I have, I have to lean on this to, to live it. I have to, because most days I'm way more aware of my weaknesses than I ever in my strengths. And I'm not proud of that. It's just something that I deal with. And so this is real for me. And if this is your church, you know, last year I had to take some time off work because of anxiety, I couldn't control panic attacks and the whole thing. And I was in another state and I was talking to a doctor. He said, tell me about just one of the things that brings you anxiety. And I said, well, unfortunately, it's my job. He's like, what do you do? I'm a pastor. And he kind of looked at me like, you sure? Yes, pastors wear sweatpants daily, bro. I said, I, I preach. And it scares me to death every single time. When I gave my life to God, I never wanted to work at a church. And then I found myself interning to go into ministry, but I promised the people that I was doing the internship with, I'll never be the guy who talks on a stage. Public speaking scares me to death. I don't want to do it. In fact, when I was in college, we had a class where we had, to, we had to recite a monologue in front of this class, and I had the whole thing memorized, and they called my name, and I was like, and they're like, what do you mean? It's your turn, and I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't know it. And I took a zero, and it was like a third of the grade. I knew it, I knew it by heart. I was just scared to death to get up in front of people to talk. And I said, it just scares me to death, and he says, well, why does it scare you so much? And I was like, well, look at me. I didn't even grow up in church. I don't even know all the stories. <laughs> I'm just not that good. I'm just not that smart. I don't have the right education and I'm not real eloquent. And, and, I, and I get this stuff on my heart that I so badly want to share with people. And, and I feel like the words, they just won't come. In fact, my man Mekon texted me this week and he said, how can I pray for you this week? And I said, dude, I'm just like sitting in my office, totally dealing with anxiety because I can't find the words. And if I can't find the words then maybe they won't get it and maybe they won't understand how good you are. And all I care, God, is I want I want them to sense. I want them to feel how good you are. I want them to experience what I experience. But I don't think I'm good enough to get the words out. And and then what if they miss the point? And and who am I kidding? He goes. Hmm. He goes, if you ever. You ever had one of those take your kid to work days? I was like, yeah. 
He goes, tell me about it. I said, well, I brought my boys up to the church and they, they just roam around like they own the place, <laughs> to be honest. And uh, I remember at one point, Ethan was sitting at my desk in my office and he didn't even know what to do. And so I was like, you know what we'll do, boys? We're gonna write some letters today to a girl who goes to our Arvada campus who's in the hospital right now with leukemia. And we've never met her, but we're gonna write her some letters today. And they're like, well, I don't really know what to say in the letters. And I was like, well, you know what? Just tell her that like you're gonna pray for her and you can't wait to meet her and you hope she feels better. We wrote all these letters and they collected them all. And if this has been your church for a minute, this will be special to you to know. Later, me and Chad took all those letters that the kids wrote to the hospital and we met a young lady by the name of Gabby who ended up preaching with me on this stage and is by far the best preacher we've ever had up in this house. And, and that's how that got started. So anyways, they wrote the letters and did the thing and the thing and, and I was like, and, you know, and then we went home. And he goes, do you think they had anxiety over that project? And I was like, no, no, they didn't. They didn't, I trust me, they, no. He's like, well, why not? I was like, well, because they know they're not actually doing anything. It's my office, it's my desk, my name's on the mortgage. I told him what to say, I'm gonna deliver it for him. Like, I'm doing everything for him. And he goes, because you, you, you believe those verses that talks about God's spirit living in you and him going with you and fighting your battles for you. Believe those, right? And I said, of course I do. He said, what if, what if the next time you go to preach, you just remind yourself today, I don't have to be worried. I don't have to be afraid because I'm going to work with dad because it's his house and it's his desk and it's his office and he's going to give you the words and he's gonna deliver the message, and he's gonna do all the heavy lifting, and what if you just took all that pressure off yourself, and you just realized that what he said in the word of God about your life, he actually means, and you're just going to work with dad. And, and I can't tell you how meaningful that was. In fact, many times during the week right now, even this week, Ronnie will shoot me a text, and he'll be like, hey, don't worry, you got this. Just going to work with dad. In fact, I wanna take you behind the scenes for a minute, and I wanna show you what this is like and how this actually plays out for my life on a weekly basis. And as I'm doing this, here's what I want you to do. Understand this, I'm talking to you about my anxiety in my job and my calling, but what I want you to do is I want you to think about yours. I want you to think about your calling because some of you right now are trying to figure out how am I gonna be a parent and deal with all this at the same time? How am I gonna find a job? How am I gonna keep a job? How am I gonna handle the finances? What am I gonna do about this? We're trying to figure, right? You've got your own calling right now that God wants to walk you through, so I want you to think about yours as I tell you how I deal with mine. Let's go backstage. Obviously, get a drink first. My man Carson's backstage. What's up, Carson? So, Francois, Francois is back here. We call him Frank. What's up, Frank? Frank's always one of the best dressed men in this entire production. Francois. So this is, this is where I hang out before service, all right? So come on back. It's, it's not sexy, but come on back. Carson, we ought to clean this place up one of these days. So every, every time I'm about to speak, the band's playing literally on the other side of this curtain. 
And I do the same thing every time. I start walking and I start worshiping. And I start walking and I just worship and I tell God, thank you. I can't believe you let me do this. I'm not worthy to do this. I should never be doing this. And it is, and, but I'm so grateful. And it's about this time, just a few minutes before I'm gonna go start talking to our whole church family, that some thoughts start creeping up in my mind. And, and usually they're thoughts like, um, who are you kidding? And, and I do think they, they start with like my own insecurities because I have kind of had this like I'm not good enough mentality my whole life that I've sort of not processed real well. And so a lot of it I think just comes from my own insecurities. But what I know is Satan, who's called the father of lies, loves to pour gasoline on those lies in my mind. And so the thoughts start going like this. Who are you kidding? You're gonna go out there in front of all those people and talk about God? You didn't even grow up in the church, bro. Who are you kidding? They're not gonna get it. They're not going to believe you, fraud. You don't have what it takes. And then I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm going to take these thoughts captive. I'm just going to keep worshiping. And I'm going to keep worshiping. And the band's real loud. And I can sing back here real loud and pretend I sound just like Tyler and Corey. <clears throat> and I just sit back here and I worship and I try to get rid of those thoughts. And then, and then it's, it's about that time that I start reminding myself of some declarations. See, I have a list of declarations on my computer. And, and, and they go like this. No, 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 I'm not gonna listen to that crap. You know why? I am chosen by God. I am called by God. I am anointed by God. His spirit lives in me. He said he'd walk with me. He said he'd fight for me. He said no weapon formed against me will prosper. He said greater is he who is within me than he that is in the world. And that means something because he came up out of the grave to prove it. And I start just declaring God's truth over my life. And and then, you know, you know how like, if this is your church, man, I, I've been all over you guys for uh, the, several months now about getting into the word. And we've been doing this thing called take home faith, which is crazy, right? Because now we're at home with our faith. It's because I know that there are times when you least expect it that God's gonna speak to you through his word. This summer, I was at counseling for anxiety, thinking about, I don't know if I'm ever gonna get over it and be able to actually go speak and walk in my calling like I think I'm supposed to do. And I'm reading Matthew 10 and Jesus is sending the disciples out to go preach and they are scared to death. And he says to them, and I'm telling you, God starts speaking to me through his word as I'm reading this. He says to them, no, 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 boys, you don't have to be afraid about what you're going to say or how you're going to say it. It's not going to be you speaking anyways. God's going to give you the words to say. He's going to help you know how to say them. It's going to be your father's spirit speaking through you, your, you anyway. So yes, you can. He goes, you're just going to take what I've whispered to you in private and you're going to go shout that from the rooftops. Yes, you can. And so I'll come back here and I'll go, yes, I can, because I've spent time with God this week. I might not be the most eloquent speaker, but I spent time with my father this week and what he spoke in my ear in privacy. I'll just go out there and I'll proclaim that because I am called and I am chosen and I am anointed and greater is he and no weapon formed against me and he's going with me and his spirit lives in me and I get all fired up right here and I'll wait right here and I never know when I'm supposed to go on stage and Francois has to tell me because I always walk up there at the wrong point and I'll watch the church worship and I usually try to fight off being emotional right here and then right when the song's over and Francois says now you go up there it's right then in that moment I just go I can do this yes I can and then I say this because after all, I'm just going to work with dad today. And I walk out here like this with all the confidence I can muster. And I go, what's up, church? 
What's up, Red Rocks Church? You feeling good today? Tell somebody you're feeling good today. Tell somebody in a chat room you're feeling good today. Tell somebody in your living room. You see what I'm saying, church? And that's me trying to walk in my calling because Jesus Christ came up out of the grave. I actually believe that his word applies to me today. And so his spirit lives in me. He's going with me. He's going to fight for me. I don't have to understand how it's going to play out. Yes, I can. I'm just going to work with dad today. And I know you're watching this at home or wherever you're at and you got real issues and you got real problems and you got real fears and we're in the middle of a real world pandemic. And we feel like those women walk into the tomb where every time we turn on the news, all we get is death and loss. And now I'm more confused and then death and loss. And now I'm more confused. And I believe the God of the universe wants to speak directly to your heart today, directly to your mind, to your soul today. I brought my son to this world. I allowed him to pay the price for your sins on the cross. You can be forgiven of those sins. You can be made perfect in my sight. My spirit can then begin to dwell in you and you can walk in your calling with this unbelievable confidence in the middle of all kinds of chaos because he was who he said he was. He did what he said he can and you can live the way I say you can. My spirit's in you. I'm going with you. Go for it. Yes, you can. And I believe that's how we're supposed to live. And I believe the resurrection is a gigantic reminder of just that. Somebody say amen. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much on this Easter weekend. Oh God, I thank you for your son. I thank you that you allowed your one and only son to die on a cross for my sins, for our sins. And we can be forgiven of our sins today. And we've never even earned that. We've never even been able to be good enough to deserve that. We just get it. It's that kind of love and that kind of grace that just blows me away. But it, especially this weekend, it, it makes me just want to say thank you, God. Thank you. And we're going to, as a church, we're going to worship you here in a minute and just, just tell you corporately how much we love you and how grateful we are. With everyone's eyes closed and heads bowed, I want to ask two questions, and I want you to actually respond with a hand raise. If you're watching on one of our online platforms, you can actually click a hand raise button. If not, just raise your hand physically wherever you're at. Today, God has got your attention, and you just know that you know this is my moment. This is my time on Easter weekend. I'm going to say, God, would you forgive me of my sins and be the Lord of my life? I'm not going to be perfect, not even close. I don't even know what's next, but to the best of my ability, I want to follow you. I want your spirit to dwell inside of me so that I can do more than I thought I can so that I could get through things I never thought I could. And God, I want heaven forever. I want to take you up on this offer. If that's you right now and you say, I want to respond to what Jesus is doing. I want his spirit in me and heaven forever. Then right now, wherever you're at, put your hand up. If you're online, click that raise hand button and I'm going to pray for every single one of you. And we're going to celebrate the decision that you're making right now. The second question is this. You've already put your faith in Jesus, but you know more than ever, you need him to help you deal with some real fear. 
you need more than ever right now the message of the resurrection to shine through, to illuminate your situation, to illuminate your life in a new way, to help you see it from his perspective, to help you deal with the fear and the worry and the anxiety and the depression. And you say, God, in Jesus' name, would you just give me strength today? May the, may the joy of my salvation become my strength today in Jesus' name. God, I need your strength. I need your grace. I need your mercy. I need your provision. If that's you, raise your hand and I'm going to say a prayer for you. God, I thank you for the eternal lives that are being changed right now around the world. I thank you, God. I pray that everyone who raised their hand for salvation, God, that they would right now, no matter what room they're in, that they would sense your presence in such a real and tangible and authentic way. God, I pray that they would even begin to grasp the importance of this life-altering, eternity-changing decision that they're making right now. And as a church family, we celebrate across the world with them. And God, for everybody dealing with fear right now, I just pray in Jesus' name a sense of peace, a sense of peace that passes all understanding. I pray, God, in the middle of a worldwide pandemic where there's all sorts of unanswered questions, that the church would be able to stand with our head held high and our shoulders pushed back, stand in our situation in confidence, knowing my God came up out of the grave, so he proved he's greater than he who is in the world. And so I'm gonna stand on that verse. Greater is my God who is with in me than anything this world can throw at me. I'm going to stand in victory. I'm going to worship in victory in Jesus' name. And everybody at every location said, amen. Church, usually we would jump right into a song and we're going to, we're going to jump into two of them here in a second. But because we're not meeting in physical buildings, I want you to know I want you to know the kind of church that you're a part of, and I want to help you respond to what God might be doing in your heart and in your life right now. And it's, it's real easy. You can, you can tell us that you just gave your life to God. You can give, and you can ask for prayer by texting the word Red Rocks to the number on your screen right now. And you do all three of those things, one stop. Listen. Those of you who just put your faith in Jesus, we want to help you start this journey. We want to give you some free resources. We want to give you a month's worth of devotions. We want to help you start spending some time with God and start walking in his calling and experiencing this newfound freedom in a very real and practical way. So text Red Rocks to the number on your screen and let us help you get started. And to all of you who made that decision, I just want to say congratulations. In fact, in every living room, in every car, in every office, wherever you're at, can you put your hands together right now? Can we celebrate around the globe that the kingdom of heaven is growing? People's lives are changing for all of eternity. Heaven's getting more crowded. Jesus, thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing. So send us a text and let us help you get started. The second thing is, if this is your church, or you hear about some of the stuff we're doing and you wanna partner with us financially, I wanna challenge you. We have never had a better time than right now not to talk about being the church, but to be the church. And I want you to know what this church is doing, what your giving is a part of. I'm gonna go through three, four things real fast. We're partnering with Jeff Coates right now. Thousands of kids in this area, underprivileged kids, 
have no meals planned out for them or available to them throughout the day because their school was providing those and now they don't have them and they're going without. And Red Rocks Church, I want you to know that we stepped up and got in the middle of that and said, not on our watch, they won't. Who do we give to? And we are supporting that right now, helping feed kids all around this local area. We're working with Kitchen One for One, an amazing ministry. They're feeding, get this, just in the city of Denver, 3,000 underprivileged men and women a week because what we're going through is real and people are suffering. And I want you to know that your giving is changing lives all around the city of Denver in practical ways. We're working with an organization who would rather remain nameless, but I want you to know that they're trying to help about 300 single moms right now. Moms that are losing their jobs, that are struggling financially, that are losing their places. And I want you to know that we got real involved this week and we are helping pay rent, we are helping pay mortgages, we are helping set up lodging and housing for single moms who are suffering in the middle of this crisis. And I just gotta say this, to those of you on the front line, we love you, we respect you, we honor you, you are heroes. All you first responders, everybody in the medical world, you are heroes. And I want you to know that we feel like it is our obligation to not just clap for you and not just even pray for you, but I want you to know we do both. But we felt like to be the church, we have to get on the team and start helping you do the heroic things that you are doing. And so church, we just partnered with UC Health, St. Anthony's and Children's Hospital. And we are funding things like food for these workers who are working crazy hours, childcare for these workers who are working crazy hours. We just locked down blocks of hotel rooms because when these workers start to show symptoms of COVID, they can't go home to their family and they don't have a place to go. And if they go home, they could infect their family and other people's lives are at risk. So we just locked down a block of hotel rooms so these medical workers can now go to a hotel and self-quarantine. And if they don't have any symptoms, they can get back in the game. Church, I want you to know that we're making a difference. We're not gonna talk about being the church. We're being the church. I wanna read you a letter that we just got, I think yesterday. This is from Children's Hospital. Thank you for giving yet another generous gift to support Children's Hospital Colorado. When we all come together, we make a big difference for the patients striving to reach their next childhood milestone and their families who support them. As we navigate these unprecedented times and do all that we can to prevent the spread of COVID-19, our team is still working hard to make a difference in the life of a child. Thank you for walking with us, investing in us, and partnering with us to ensure children reach more milestones. Come on, church. That's what your generous giving is doing. It's making a difference in children's lives. And we are, we are with you. Those of you on the front line, we are with you. And, and last, I want to show you this. We just got this this week from, from someone else that your donations are literally helping fight this crazy virus. Watch this. Hey, Red Rocks. My name is Peter Huntress, and I'm one of the critical care doctors working here at the University of Colorado. I wanted to take a chance to thank you guys so much for staying home. Uh, I know it's so hard not being able to be together physically to celebrate Easter this year, but I really wanted to thank you guys for doing your part and joining with us as we fight the pandemic coronavirus. And second, I wanted to thank you for continuing to be the church. Even though we haven't been able to be together for several weeks, 
You guys continually show up and allow your faith to play out through your generous and even sacrificial giving. And because of that, your donations through Red Rocks are going to be able to support uh, us as healthcare workers who are standing on the front lines and even ramping up our hours, our time, and our commitment over these next couple weeks to try and be a part of fighting the coronavirus. Because of the donations, we're able to get food, caffeine, and even lodging for staff as they are spending long hours and long days away from their families and allow them to be able to go somewhere and stay somewhere and not necessarily take the coronavirus back home with them. So I want to thank you again for everything that you guys have been doing and showing, continually showing God's love through your generous acts of giving. Have a great Easter and God bless. Come on, church. That's what you're a part of. I want to challenge you. If this is your church, I want to challenge you. I won't ask for anything, but I just want you, you do what I'm going to do with my family and just ask God, God, how do you want me to be involved? And if it's financially, you can text Red Rocks to the number on your screen and you can be a part and know this, you're not giving to a church right now. You're giving through a church and we are being the church in our local community and we're going to make a difference. I know this has been a longer service, but where else are you going to go? We're going to worship God now, and I want to pray for everybody on the front line, and then we as a church family around the world are going to go worship our God. God, I thank you that you are with us even when we can't feel it. I thank you that you are working when we don't understand it. I thank you that you are doing miraculous things behind the scenes, even on the days when we don't get the plan and we don't see the results yet. And so God, I thank you that you're in the middle of this. I thank you that none of this has surprised you, that you've never lost control, that you are in control, that you are working behind the scenes. God, as a church right now, gathering in homes around the world, together we lock arms. We lock arms spiritually today, God, and we pray for an absolute miracle that you would cure, kill, take care of this worldwide pandemic and that you would get the credit and the glory for it in Jesus' name. And God, as, as those on the front line, as they continue to fight in heroic fashion to help the sick, to fight for a cure and everything in between that it takes to do those things. God, I pray you would protect them. I pray hedge of protection around them. I pray you would protect their families. God, keep them safe and healthy and strong in Jesus' name. And I pray, God, that at the end of this thing, more people are going to heaven for all of eternity because of it and because we as a world, as a globe can look and say, look, one more time, our God was victorious and now we get to share in that in Jesus' name. And everybody at every location said, amen. Come on, church, let's worship. Hey guys, thanks so much for joining us for Easter at Red Rocks Church. We hope that this message from our lead pastor encouraged your heart and built your faith for the week ahead. We got some really, really exciting Heck news yeah, though do, coming Ronnie. up this week. Tell like, us about it. Okay, Ronnie, let me tell you. Okay, this Friday night, 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, we are doing a live worship night right here and we're bringing it to you. Come on. So mark your calendars, set a reminder on your phone, 7 p.m. this Friday, you don't wanna miss. For more information, follow Red Rocks Worship on Instagram. 
Yeah, we hope that this is going to be an evening to just build your faith, build your hope, build your trust in the heart of God. And hopefully it's going to be a lot of fun too. Invite your friends. And guys, we love you so, so much. We believe that our best days are ahead. So this week, remember the church isn't in a building. You are the church. We love you guys and we look forward to seeing you this Friday for a worship night with Red Rocks Church.